The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary, who sat beside the Lord at his feet, listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. The Gospel of the Lord. So I want to start out actually today uh, with a bit of a confession, but it, it's a good confession because it's not mine. It's actually uh, the confession of a priest friend of mine, but not a sacramental one. And it was uh, quite a few years ago, I was down in Southern Oregon, and uh, the group of priests that we had down there, we would come together and we'd go to these different penance services, and when we did, it was the obligation of the priest that we were visiting that he would feed us. And there was one priest in particular up in the Roseburg area, and he was from India. And so, so he wanted to cook a big spread of Indian food every time we'd come up and visit him. And uh, there were a couple other priests that just didn't happen to like Indian food. And so Father Bill was telling me, it's like, why do we always have to have Indian food? Every time we go visit him, he always serves us Indian food. And uh, I was saying, well, Bill, he's trying to show hospitality. It's his way of sharing his culture, and he wants to, to, to feed us. I mean, it's a good thing. He goes, well, if he was really concerned about hospitality, he should give us what we like, like hamburgers. And, uh, but anyway, so Bill, Father Bill and Father Manuel hatched a plan that they were going to figure out a way to go up to Roseburg without having to eat Indian food. And so anyway, we were talking... To the priest, and uh, uh, so Father Bill said, you know, it's so hard for you to prepare all this food and to work so hard at putting all this together, and you're spending all day cooking. He goes, I think it would just be easier if we all just went to a restaurant, so why don't we all just go to a restaurant? And then Father Manuel thought, you know, I'm going to jump on there, so Father Manuel says, yes, you know, let's, let's just all go to a restaurant. And, uh, and, and at this, Father Selvam uh, turns back to them and says, Oh, that's great. I'm that, okay, let's do that, because I know a great Indian restaurant. And this is a true story, right? So, so Father Bill looks over at me like, Mike, help me out. And I'm like, don't look at me. I like Indian food. I'm good with this. So, but today we're talking about hospitality. And so I, I'm leaning into that story because there are a couple parts to hospitality. You've got those who are giving hospitality and those who are, are receiving hospitality. Now, what you may not know is that hospitality was not just a nice thing that you did uh, in Jesus' day or in the, the culture, the ancient culture. It was considered a sacred obligation, and it predates Jesus by at least a couple thousand years. And we see this with Abraham 
when Abraham is showing hospitality. Now, what you'll see in the Bible is that hospitality shows up all the time, and it shows up in a particular way, that it's a sacred obligation or duty, and after showing hospitality, God and his kingdom become present in some way. And so we see this with Abraham as he's showing hospitality. Those three men are actually angels. And we also see it in other places as well. You know, the story of Elijah when, when he's visiting the widow. Or we see it as well even in the New Testament times. Think about that story of Emmaus, for example, when the two disciples were walking and Jesus starts walking next to them. And after a while, Jesus is telling them about why the Messiah needed to die so that he would rise from the dead to save his people. But he didn't reveal himself until those two disciples said, no, no, don't keep on going. Stop and stay with us and have a meal with us. And, and they were showing hospitality. And when they did that, Jesus revealed himself to them in the breaking of the bread. And we see it even today with Martha and Mary. Now, these are Jesus's friends, Martha, Mary, and Lazarus. And when he's visiting them, here he is when Martha is doing the sacred obligation of hospitality. She's cleaning and cooking and doing all the, all the things to make that happen. But where's Mary? Well, Mary's at the feet of Jesus listening to him. And Martha's thinking, I'm doing all the holy and sacred stuff here. And, and there's Mary, you know, the lazy younger sister just sitting there. And, uh, and she does what maybe many of us would do. Jesus, tell her to help me. You know, but Jesus has a different kind of comeback. He says, no, Mary's where she needs to be. Now, there are three parts to this hospitality, and one is the hospitality that we show God. And we can see that because Martha was showing a certain type of hospitality to Jesus, and so was Mary. But what did Jesus really need in that moment? He needed friendship. He wanted to be present to his friends. And he wanted to share his message and his kingdom with his friends. And Mary was the one who was actually letting Jesus do what he needed to do in that moment. She was showing hospitality. It was just in a different way. Well, I think the same thing can be said for us. How do we show hospitality to God? Well, there are many ways. We can also be at God's feet listening to his word. Read your Bibles. Let Jesus speak to you because he wants to. He wants to share his love for us, his hospitality, but that's not going to happen if we don't first show some hospitality toward him and allow him to do what he wants to do. Uh, many of us have been to confession and received the forgiveness of Jesus, but we haven't accepted it. Well, let Jesus do what he wants to do. If he forgives us, who are we to stand in his way? Just accept that forgiveness. Uh, when it comes to being, uh, spending that intimate time like Mary did, spend some time with your God. You know, find a quiet place and spend some time in prayer. Go to adoration. The, the point is, is that this time that we can offer God in the prayer and the adoration and, and allowing him to do what he wants to do in our lives, this is a way that we show God hospitality. You know, we're welcoming him and loving him by our actions. God also shows us hospitality so uh, this same Father Bill I was talking about, he's, he's kind of an astronomy nerd. So, so he just gets so fired up and excited anytime anything has to do with astronomy. And they just put a new telescope 
or yeah, a new telescope up there in, in uh, the atmosphere. I, I can't tell you the name of it. But anyway, he was so excited. He's telling me all these stories about all these new things that they're able to see now because the pictures are so great. And, and he finishes this by saying, and how else can God show how much he loves us by how great and marvelous and magnificent, magnificent this world is? And, and just look at how great it is. And he's correctly understanding that this is a way that God shows his love for us, that he gives us that kind of hospitality. Now, I, I might think of it in more simpler terms, because in the story of creation, we have God who creates everything, but we make a false impression of thinking God was just, I'm going to zap the moon into place and the sun into place and the earth and the plants and the creatures, but that's not what's really being said here. What is what, is, uh, what Genesis is describing is that God made the world in a particular way so that we can thrive in it, so we can be alive in this world and have a relationship with God, one another, and creation. You know, that this is the intention of the way that God created, and that's actually more important than the fact that God created. But this is another way that God shows his hospitality. He gives us what we need, and sometimes we forget about that, we just think that, well, of course, you know, God gives me what I need, and, and he, he owes me. But he doesn't owe us. This is all out of his generosity and the love. Okay, now the third one is the hospitality we show to one another. All right, and so they did a survey quite a while back, but the, the results are just as much true today as, as ever. If you're a stranger walking into a church at the first time, what's the first thing you hear? A phone. I'm going to wait till the phone goes away, and then I'll finish my thought. <laughs> there are more phones that go off in this church. I don't know what the deal is. Okay, so when you walk into a church for the first time, then what is going to happen statistically that will be more likely for you to come back a second time? They've actually done studies on this, and what they found is there are three things in particular that are most important. And the first one is hospitality and welcome. The second one is that good music, so good music, there you go. The third one is a good message. Now, you might be thinking, you know, well, what about the Eucharist and the truth and the gospel? And all? Well, all that's true, but if you don't have those first three things, that our humanness kind of takes over. If we don't feel that we are welcomed in God's house, and we don't, if we're not shown hospitality as we come for the first time into a church, then uh, many people will just think that, well, I'm not invited, I'm not welcome, I'm not supposed to be here. And also, if they don't have a good experience, then that, again, uh, makes it really hard for them to enter into the reality of what's really going on there, where they're feeding on the Word and on the Eucharist. And, and I mention this because the first two things that were listed are actually your job. When it comes to hospitality and music, you all actually have a bigger role in that than I do. I've got the third place, you know, the message. You know, but even, even that, it's like the, the, the gospel and the readings, if we're all clued into it, uh, then it, we don't compete with that. But the, but the idea is that sacred obligation doesn't just apply to us being nice to people on the street. It means that we, as part of the communion and the, uh, the household of God, the mystical body of Christ, we have to cherish one another and show hospitality in the way that we welcome and appreciate one another. And so that's part of the equation. But even when we're not at church, 
This is also something that we do in the day-to-day. For example, if you are serving a member of your family in some way, think of it as something you are doing for God. You know, it's a way that you are loving God by the way that you love others around you in your act of service. And sometimes that helps, because if we're just doing things like, like Martha, it's like I'm just doing the work that I have to do, and then her attitude wasn't necessarily the best, uh, because she didn't appreciate what was going on in the moment. But we can be a little more thoughtful about that and say, Lord, help me to serve my brothers and sisters, my family, friends, and even strangers in a way that really glorifies you. So in this weekend, we might want to consider some of these things. The first one is that, that how are we showing hospitality to God by allowing him to do what he likes to do? And then how are we allowing God to show hospitality toward us uh, by accepting and appreciating what he does, the many good gifts that we have? And then thirdly, how are we doing when it comes to our hospitality towards others, you know, that that comes from a loving heart and appreciation and generosity for what God has done for us.